Abe. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. Podcast. It's your girl Karina in the booth. What's up, what's up? <laughs> and she's joined today by Asia in the bedroom. amen you know sometimes I want to record in the bedroom but I'm just really aware of sound and I'm like I just don't want the (laughs) the emergency truck to go by or whatever (laughs) I know well yours your sound is always fine so yeah it's not being a busy you're not you're not in a busy area I'm not I'm in a little cul-de-sac Yes, at the, the end of the block. Ain't nobody coming for us. And my ratchet ass dog. <laughs> oh, shout out to Jasper. We oh, love no. her. <laughs> so cute. Yes. Um, Asia, on this wonderful day, um, can you mm. tell the people out there what's in your medicine bag today? Yeah. Mm. And what's in my medicine bag is um, beef broth. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I like to emulsify the fat in my broth, kind of like a tonkatsu broth. And mm. that um, the bone broth, the meat stock, what it, which is what it is, um, it really helps to soothe my throat. The, the fat is a perfect digestible lubricant. Um, mm. I caught a cold. Um, <laughs> and so I, I've been spending this time in deep reflection and contemplation. I, mm. um, I like, I actually kind of like getting sick. Um mm because our bodies were designed for it. And Mm -hmm. uh, these viruses are teaching, you know, our DNA, they're teaching our bodies all sorts of things. And so I find if I um, intervene very minimally and um, listen and spend this time listening, uh, I'm able to grasp the lesson. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm, drinking my broth uh, I had my elder of course of course of course um and I'm just I'm just listening uh as in, in being in awe of how rapidly and well my body tends to itself when I listen and rest mm, that's beautiful yes mm. what's in your medicine bag day in my medicine bag today, of course, I too have elderberry tincture. <laughs> I'm holding it right now. <laughs> um, so many of my friends are getting sick right now um, with um, COVID. And um, I just been at the house and uh, I will be venturing out <laughs> tomorrow morning into the world and I'm kind of nervous about it but um like Asia said um if I do get sick then I have the opportunity for my um 
my body to get in order and to do the things that it was designed to do, like fight um, away viruses and bacteria and whatnot. Um, but I have my elder so that I can be supported um, no matter what. And um, I also, hmm, coffee has been in my medicine bag also. I love coffee. Um, and I'm at my mom's house and I've been by myself. And so I've been making coffee um, for just me. And it's been beautiful um, to sit with that ritual. Um, yeah, coffee is um, is a huge part of um, Dominican culture and Guatemalan culture. So it's nice to uh, have that ritual in my life right now. Um, and also Asia and I are taking a divine birth wisdom class I think um, it's called yes and um, we're just learning about these um, black midwives um, and um, wow I just just learning so much from them and the way that they integrate multiple types of traditions of medicine into their practice and like mm having discernment of when to use these things like these women were incredible and also learning about how like being a midwife was a calling for them in the way that they're like "Mm -mm, you gotta pray about it you gotta like you know I can only do this through like through God and prayer and stuff like that and just reminding me to stay connected um, to spirit. Um, so yeah, that's been amazing medicine for me, just being able to connect to myself again and, Mm -hmm. um, just think about these amazing, um, mothers and maids and grandmothers who came before us and, um, just really being grateful for their work here. Um, so yeah, that's been amazing. That's been my week with um in my medicine Mm, thank you for that share you know I saw that and I was like oh I thought of I thought of you immediately I was like (laughs) yes what I love most about our friendship is that we just stay learning like Mm -hmm. we just stay stay in the medicine stay practicing stay like venturing out and so thank you for like I'm so glad I don't have to do this work alone um, and that we get to learn together and grow together. So, yeah, thanks for putting me on to this class because um, what's it called? I uh, had doula training almost two years ago. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I whipped out my doula binder actually after um, taking our first class. And I was like, ah, (laughs) wow, just remembering and reflecting about um, the history of these midwives. And I mean, because our training, shout out to birth workers of color, um, our training was kind of broad. We didn't really focus on like particular traditions. So um, like in the binder, like there were some 
some things to read about black doulas but um it's just really cool to learn about how they're contributing to learn in a more in-depth way of their um contributions to birth work today um, so yeah. yeah I've been um really inspired by these midwives and taking care of myself during this cold Mm. and I've been like midwifing myself through it it feels like I've been like minimal interventions you know like the body is wise like let the body do what the body's supposed to do and like you know providing sort of the space and the comfort for myself to go through this process so I've just been Mm. like really sitting with the philosophy of birth work which is Mm -hmm. um well traditional women-centered birth work which is not about all the interventions like western sort of medicine has it be it's like Mm -hmm. what happens to ourselves when we trust our bodies not just in birth but also in all kinds of sickness and I like that you know these midwives knew when to call the doctor right Mm -hmm. like these hoes had discernment so truly uh, I've just been thinking about that as well as I'm you know moving through uh, this recovery process um but yeah what uh (laughs) what are we talking about today bae Oh my gosh, y'all. So this is going to be a really cool episode um, because we are continuing the Meat is Medicine series. And today's episode is going to be chicken soup for the soul. (laughs) So we're going to share amazing chicken stories um, of our lives, our families, um, in ways that we've like honored chicken in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Asia, what's your first story? Oh, okay. So when I was about maybe 10 years old, every year my family has a family reunion. Mm-hmm. And I was living with my grandmama. I was at my grandmama's mm-hmm. house. And Betty Joe be throwing down. So at some point, okay. like four in the morning, I wake up and I'm I'm smelling fried chicken. Uh, and so yeah so my grandma before each trip she would fry up a huge batch of chicken and I would just be so excited to go on trips because I get to eat the fried chicken yes and we traveled by train so uh you know she fried up the chicken it's still dark outside and we like catch our taxi to the train station and boy, that fried chicken would last multiple days on the road. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so just just the, the sweet memory of my grandmother's uh, fried chicken uh, for our travel and historicizing that context, um, you know, Black people learned to travel with fried chicken because uh, they often couldn't eat at restaurants. They faced mm-hmm. a lot of discrimination when they traveled. So they always... Uh, traveled with prepared food, not knowing what the terrain was going to be like. Mm. Um, And then scientifically speaking, uh, fried food is the, mm, some of the most food safe food um, Mm. because the high heat um, kills, you know, viruses and bacteria. Um, Mm. And then the frying itself, it's a, it's a preservative, it's fried fat. 
And so our ancestors didn't have refrigeration. Mm -hmm. Um, And so frying food was one of the ways to preserve it outside of refrigeration. Mm. so if you ever go to India or any place like that (laughs) and you're like trying to figure out what street food to eat like the fried food is actually the safest and public health officials will tell you so Mm. I love that um I have a quick adjacent story to that I remember going to the beach as a kid and my auntie making us fried chicken and putting it in bags (laughs) Oh, and just eating fried chicken at the beach, like, wow, it's an experience unlike any other. But um, ooh, yeah, so when you told that story, I thought about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a fun chicken story. Um, so in preparing for this podcast, I was just thinking about all the things. And um, I was thinking about like how my mom taught me how to cut up a chicken and so I was like mom like what what is it what's your history of chicken in your life like did y'all grow up with chickens like what what was it like and she was like well when we were in Guatemala because my mom left when she was like seven or nine so before that she said that uh they didn't have a lot of chickens but she does remember having a chicken as a pet (laughs) she got really close to it and then one day (laughs) it was time to have chicken dinner (laughs) she said she was so sad and she cried but um yeah she uh she uh, lived in not not abject poverty, but they they were pretty poor in Guatemala, so they didn't really have a lot of um, access to meat in that way. And so my mom was saying that over here, like <clears throat> since meat is relatively inexpensive, I mean her family, like as in uh, my grandma and my step grandpa and like aunts, all of them like they eat meat all the time because they didn't have that in Guatemala but um yeah my mom yeah she learned she um she was raised mainly by my great-grandma and so she learned a lot from her cooking wise but um yeah my mom can throw down my mom she can make a chicken I tell you what and also because I learned how to cut up a chicken from my mom I also taught Asia at our retreat in, in North Carolina so there's that yes thank you for teaching me how to cut up a chicken Girl, I got you yes chickens are it's it's really complex like cutting up meat I don't like doing it mm-hmm. um Mm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, one time when I was in Ghana. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, two travel stories. Uh Uh, So when I was in Ghana, um, I was so bougie, like I am always. And like the eggs that they sold in the market, (laughs) those yolks were like so pay I said I will not and so I traveled 
all around gotta ask asking people who had the best chicken and like cracking eggs to try to find like <laughs> to try to find the yellowest yolks mm-hmm. and so yeah I finally found like a market woman who had high quality chicken eggs and mm. uh and those are the ones that I ate <laughs> You know, what's interesting. I noticed that in Dominican Republic also, like your eggs could vary. (laughs) Well, especially where I lived because I lived in the mountains. So uh, the offerings like (laughs) you're like, well, (laughs) you could get like the the carton of like a dozen eggs and some of your yolks might be white. (laughs) Some of them might, might be like the most orange you, like <laughs> you know it all depended on the chickens um but uh it's interesting though because I'm sure it's like this in Ghana and probably in many other places but like when I lived in DR like these chickens were just like on the streets <laughs> it's true these they're ratchet, everywhere these ratchet chickens they, uh, but I think that's another reason why they're so sacred is that like they're self-sufficient birds you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they be out here just like pecking away like fighting each other just like <laughs> they're out here they're trying to mind their business and um yeah I I appreciate that yes so one of the reasons why I'm bougie about my egg yolk color color though is uh, another chicken story when I was in New Zealand with Kay Baxter, the Kalanga mm-hmm. Institute. Um, I had a terrible cat allergy. Mm. And because we were on an isolated farm, um, I needed omega-3 fatty acids in order to decrease inflammation in my body. And mm-hmm. I couldn't just o- like order fish oil or cod liver oil or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I did was in order to increase the omega-3 fatty acids in the chickens that were already there I just fed them a lot of greens every day Mm. and so I would go out every morning and harvest greens to feed to the chickens collect the eggs and then those yolks would be deep orange Mm. Um, the color of egg yolks are an indication of the amount of vitamin a that they have in the yolk And vitamin A, of course, is corresponding with a whole other range of nutrients like selenium, lutein, and other uh, beneficial compounds. And so the darker and deeper and richer those yolks, the more medicine that lives inside of those eggs. Mm. Um, And so we can, in the way that we treat our chickens, increase the medicinal compounds um, of of their yolk. And so it's one of the reasons why I'm really bougie about the color of my eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, I like my eggs to be orange. Carriot. <laughs> Carriot. <laughs> and if they're white, then I don't, I don't take it. <laughs> if it's white, it ain't right. Take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's another chicken story. I love that. Eggs are so important. Um, hmm. I'm thinking about how important chickens are to um, communities because not only can you eat their meat but they also produce eggs so they are a great resource it's like what in our um, pork episode we're talking about um, 
how these animals are not just like a pet they're not just a companion they're not just like an animal on your farm but they're an investment yeah um and uh yeah I'm thinking about how how much these animals mean to these communities like my mom grew up in where you can afford a lot but you know you had maybe a couple chickens maybe a couple hens um, that provided you with um, consistent a consistent food source so um yeah another reason to honor the sacred chicken (laughs) and you know on to honoring sacred chickens and like they being the thing that's accessible because it as we talked in the piggy bank episode like it took a lot to get a a pig and it took even more to get a cow Mm -hmm. um so with chickens a lot of traditional spiritualities center chickens Mm. uh slaughtering of chickens chicken eggs um I know that out here in the Mountain West, Cuandarismo reigns, and they're um, one of the ways to perform limpias, Mm -hmm. uh, cleansings, are to use chicken eggs. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know that. Yeah, to remove the the energies that we don't want. Um, And I have a story. I fell in love with an African-American shaman. (laughs) (laughs) you sure did I sure did um (laughs) and they showed me um how to how to perform limpia and um and yeah one time I got in a felt like a spiritual bind and I I took out you know one of those good old eggs one of the eggs from mama house yes and uh yeah I performed the limpia and I felt like the 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 temperature of the egg change and I felt like my energy change and it was such a powerful experience a lot of our ancestors used chickens uh, as spiritual technology Mm. that's beautiful um I was reflecting on how um those midwives from the south um if someone had um, or was unable to deliver the afterbirth Mm. they um, warmed up some chicken feathers and like had the person like stand on top of them do you know why that is yeah oh my gosh I was thinking about that too Mm -hmm. and what I appreciate about folk traditions is that like the whole ritual is the whole ritual and so Mm -hmm. it could be you know, the squatting over something warm in and of itself mm-hmm. is going to help you deliver an afterbirth. But chickens, because chickens had spiritual significance to our ancestors, there mm-hmm. was probably like folk knowledge that had something like there's some rhyme or some wordplay having mm-hmm. to do with like, uh, like, you know, the way that chickens squat eggs you know, the woman or the person mm. giving birth was probably asked to think about the ease that chickens like move their eggs. Um, mm. And so, yeah, there's all the ways that like chicken slaughter shows up and like Santeria and, um, you know, Wuzun and just like all the things. Um, and part of the reason why you see chickens integrated into spirituality and healthcare. 
um, is because chickens are some of the most accessible and carbon neutral uh, sources of animal protein that we have mm. access to. Um, and the other thing, uh, I wanted to talk about Jewish penicillin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Yes. So I, I really appreciate like all cuisine and like I love I love Jewish people and Jewish culture and um and so yeah when I get sick uh I I put the bone I put on a broth right like Mm. I I put on a broth um and come to find out like chicken broth is actually quite antiviral um Mm. the collagen and a good chicken broth helps to coat the throat um relieving sort of coughs Um, and it's just a really easy digestive, uh, like it's very easy to digest. And, um, you know, for those of us who are concerned about like things like you eat animal protein, then you won't be able to live a long life. Um, come to find out, um, the specific amino acids in, uh, broth, um, complement the amino acids in muscle meat, Mm. uh, creating sort of a synergistic whole food that actually has longevity benefits. Um, And so you don't have to eat plant-based in order to like live a long life, right? You can also have meat with broth the way that our Jewish ancestors prepared it, the way that our African and like Mm -hmm. every culture that I know that's smart, like has soup. Yeah, uh, and there's a reason why we have soup when we're not feeling well. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jewish traditional uh, cuisine and helping us to remember the importance of chicken soup uh, mm. for the soul, but also chicken soup for a cold. <laughs> yes, and yes, y'all who are sick right now, mm. my heart is with y'all. And also get some chicken soup. Hopefully, you have someone who can make it for you. Um, I love making, um, chicken broth, chicken soup. Uh, I just, Ooh, my favorite way is cutting up a chicken, preferably <laughs> with bay, <laughs> making a dish and then, um, just putting those bones in the oven. Um, and then when they're ready, taking them out, throwing those bones into a crock pot, getting my celery, getting my carrots, getting my onions. And one thing that I learned from Asia actually is to save the onion skins and put that <laughs> into the bread yes. while it's cooking. Um, so I put that in there, put a good amount of salt. I'm really good with salt, but I'm like, um, I'm kind of like an auntie grandma. I'm like, it's that amount in your hand like (laughs) like I know it by my hand (laughs) I mean I'll I'll measure when it comes to baking and stuff but when it's cooking I'm like it's it's that that amount in your hand like it has to look like this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and then just letting it cook I love doing like a good overnight 12 hour um broth um sitting in the crock pot um, oof, I love it when you take the things out and then the bones are like falling apart. The bones uh. just like, because <laughs> you know, you got all the things extracted. 
Marriott. Marriott. Yes. Yeah. And I also um, use, like, if I have a bunch of broth, I will set aside some that's just for broth. And then I will also reduce like half of it so I can make little cubes out of it. Mm. Um, so I can use those for like cooking because you know how people use the Maggie cubes or whatever. Mm. No shade. <laughs> or the bouillon or whatever. Like I have my my cubes that I just freeze and leave in the freezer when I need um, a, a bouillon cube. So mm. that's what I do. That's brilliant, Karina. And you know, because <laughs> a lot of people don't know that Maggie cubes were traditionally bone broth that was condensed. Yeah. Yep. And then they took the medicine out and just left all the sodium. No shade. Yeah. Oof. But shade. I'm sorry. It's shady. Yeah. It's shady that you know we get treated like that. But that's why there's that little chicken on the mm-hmm. the core. You know, the bouillon cube container because it used to be condensed bone broth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's fine, but it's not really fine. Uh, yeah. Cause I, y'all could do it at the house. Like <laughs> what you do is you keep it in the pot or you, um, strain the liquid, you put it in a pot and then you boil off the water. Like it takes some time, but y'all like this will last you a long time and you don't have to buy those cubes that you don't know what's in it. Cause I've seen there's random things in it there's like sugar in it there are random preservatives in it yeah and also maggie is owned by nestle the worst company in the world just want to put that out there talking about dehydration (laughs) (laughs) listen that's crazy and they're the ones they're in the big business of water yes Yes. Full circle, full circle. Full circle. But most of the brown people globally who are using Maggie cubes are also boiling their meat first. So they're they're doing both. It's really brilliant. I love watching uh Nigerian and Ghanaian (laughs) YouTube videos. (laughs) Yes. They always boil the meat first and then they use that boiled meat water, that meat stock. Mm-hmm. right to create so they already they have multiple safeguards I'm not worried about them but for y'all <laughs> yeah some of y'all out there who aren't connected to food culture y'all need I, to hear this y'all need to hear this also um you know I only cook with broth like whenever recipes call for water mm-hmm. uh, I always use bone broth and and you know there's so many reasons why mm-hmm. uh including the fact that my food is delicious and on point period uh anyways traditional french cuisine also italian cuisine also centers uh meat stocks mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it it's not just an old way of doing things it's because they're adding medicine to every way that you eat right right like every time we eat it's an opportunity to to put some medicine in it and bone broth is a a beautiful form of medicine that's just it's just so common that you don't realize how brilliant it is right yeah chicken noodle soup like it is good for the soul (laughs) and so I hope y'all enjoyed our chicken noodle soup episode and our little (laughs) chicken stories um we just want to leave y'all with some bougie auntie word of advice so Asia what you got for us Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I am sitting here uh, in my in my bedroom that I haven't cleaned because I don't have to. Because <laughs> I <don't> feel good. <laughs> and um, I'm just thinking about how much gratitude that I have for the little things. Mm. Um, and so when I'm thinking about chicken, I know that it's like so common and like fried chicken and and it's such a like a laughed people laugh at black culture you know because we mm. eat fried chicken or whatever um but i'm thinking i'm thinking about all the little all the gratitude that i have for this like super close knit relationship to this animal mm. like i'm i'm probably never going to be able to have a cow or even a pig yeah. you know but like I, I have chickens and I've also like your mom, Karina, like held those chickens to my heart. And mm-hmm. when I slaughter my chickens, when I take, you know, when I give them death, uh, I also, again, like make sure that their heart is connected to my heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just, for me, chickens have been such a important spiritual animal that, um, that has me be in relationship with the divine, even though it's so close, right? Mm. Chickens are some of the first animals that give us access to death. Yeah. And help us to understand the cycle of life and death. How, you know, it's just, I, I'm grateful for them. So I'm, I'm sitting here and my bougie auntie word of advice is that the, the small things that are in your world, you know, the people and the beings that are common or consistent, um, it's okay to, to praise them. Like it's okay mm-hmm. to recognize how sacred they actually are and to look at all of their dimensions. Like we don't have to just consume, right. The beings that are around us, but in what ways, like, is your best friend also your spiritual practice? Like in what mm-hmm. way does your best friend, like, um, you know, help you move through illnesses, maybe help you give birth to new forms of being like, Mm. um, and so I'm just sitting with the mundane and, uh, sacralizing it. And I I invite you to do that too. Wow. That was beautiful. Asia. I love that. Mm. Yeah. Chickens are seen as kind of a nuisance, kind of, um, they're seen as kind of a dumb animal, but they're so intelligent. Like I said, they're self-sufficient animals that are also domesticated. <laughs> um, and just taking the time to make them sacred and learning from those lessons to apply them to our other relationships. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. Um, my bougie auntie word of advice is to be bougie and that it's okay. Um, be like Asia when she's like, um, I can't, I can't with those eggs unless my, (laughs) those yolks are orange. I can't throw a fit. It's okay. Throw a fit. Sis, get what you need. Like be bougie, be petty. It's okay because you are demanding what you deserve when you're petty about these things. Like truly, you deserve all the medicine. You don't have to settle with what isn't enough. So I want y'all to do that and uh, start checking those yolks, y'all. 
Like, don't just <laughs> just eat an egg and like, oh, it's it's a yellow yolk, whatever. No, really, like, do some research. Like, buy those little the tiny packs and like check the difference between the yolks and like just the regular eggs versus the pastured eggs. Um, and uh, yeah, learn how to look for the bougie things in life. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for y'all. Oh, I love y'all. I love you, Karina. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Check them yolks. Check also, them. the yellower, the oranger, the yolks, it means the chicken was outside on green mm-hmm. grass. Yep. Green tor- turns to orange in the chicken's body. So yeah, mm-hmm. the happier the chicken, the oranger, those yolks. We demand. Yep. <laughs> we <Period>. demand. Pair out. <laughs> yes. yes. All right, y'all. Thank you for rocking with us. Um, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening to us every week um, as we just open up our hearts more and more. Um, don't forget to support us. Um, follow us on the socials of medias. Um, follow Asia at Bones, Bugs, and Botany. Also support her on Patreon, patreon.com slash bones, bugs, and botany, because you know she's trying to write a book. She's trying to get rested up, you know. Um, wish her well wishes right now while she's sick. And also follow us on um, all the social medias for Petty Herbalists. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Petty Herbalist on all of them. And also on patreon.com slash Petty Herbalist to support this podcast. Um, we got a new listener. I love like new supporters who I don't know. Um, so shout out to y'all who are supporting this pod. It truly means the world because... Um, we put a lot of time, love, and effort into this, especially like, the amount of time that I don't need to be putting into like making graphics and stuff. Like I don't need to, but I do it because I love it. So um, thank y'all for supporting all that we do and can't wait to see y'all next week. Bye. Bye y'all.